Good morning, City Church. Welcome to another episode of City Church Together. My name is Jacob, and today we are bringing our weekly council series that was originally started on our YouTube channel right here to City Church Together. Whitney Nato, our head of member equipping and counseling at the church, each week has been providing us practical biblical insights into how to process and pray through this pandemic. Uh, but we felt it would be better suited on this podcast so we could just give you one stream of content to listen through so you're not listening to videos and podcasts along with all of the other news and notifications you are getting throughout your day. So we're going to be airing an episode of Weekly Council every Monday. Today is the first part of a two-part conversation we have on gratitude. And this conversation has been so helpful. I really enjoyed uh, Whitney's insights on this was deeply encouraged uh, by her wisdom. And so I want you to be encouraged by that too. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Today, we're going to be specifically talking about gratitude uh, and how gratitude and great suffering chooses to value what is true and unseen over what is present and temporal. And so before we get into the meat of that, let's uh, let's go about 30,000 feet. Whitney, what does gratitude mean? Can you give us kind of a working definition uh, of what we mean by gratitude? Uh, yes, a couple of working definitions. One is obviously what you can get from the dictionary, which is the quality of being thankful, showing appreciation. Um, it's things that we probably know growing up when our parents had us write thank you notes to show gratitude for the presents we got. It's what we teach our kids now, especially when, you know, they want another piece of chocolate. And we just ask, like, can you just be grateful for the first piece of chocolate that you had? Um, and so gratitude is just the idea of, of seeing something and appreciating it. And, and seeing it above other things. So being grateful for what you have and, and overlooking the things that you might not have. Yeah, that's great. A lot of times it's difficult to find moments of gratitude because, I mean, days are blending together. Uh, we are stuck at home and everything feels monotonous. Um, and so I feel like I'm actually jumping ahead of the question, but what are some common obstacles that we find uh, in trying to find gratitude? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure many of you know this prior to the pandemic. Um, the pandemic itself is just giving us something to probably put blame on. Um, but many of us have struggled with gratitude either because of comparison um, or just the act of grumbling and complaining that we don't recognize as as opposing gratitude. Um, and I have seen that just in my own life, um, with what you were, you were talking about, like the mundane, like what is there to be excited about? And I think as I've processed that we link gratitude and excitement together in a way that I don't think it was intended to be. Um, that's why we get excited over birthday presents because, um, it's new. And so we can say thank you for it. But oftentimes, um, we're not as quick to say thank you for, uh, the day-to-day, uh, someone giving you coffee or um, someone texting you to see how you're doing, um, we start to, to kind of grow into an entitlement type of, of place where the, 
the little blessings become things we're not grateful for in, in light of wanting the bigger blessings. And so, um, as I was thinking about just even practicing gratitude in my day to day in my home, um, with work and kids, uh, I was trying to think back on what has, has made it difficult for me and, um, and people that I've talked to and the comparison of, you know, if only I was doing this, then this could be a very beneficial time. Um, if only I was married and could spend time with my spouse. If only I was single and I could read more books and rest. Um, if only I had a job and I could be productive in that. If only my job would take a break so I could take a break too. Um, that idea of comparison is is always looking at the grass and on the other side and seeing it as greener. Um, but I recently read something about the fact that we miss the small blessing of the fact that grass is, is green and beautiful, especially in the springtime. Um, and so, so grumbling and complaining about what we don't have in light of comparisons oftentimes removes uh, gratitude in a way that we're not expecting. And many of us don't even think that we're ungrateful until you start to ask yourself, what is, what is my day to day to day look like? What am I grateful for? What am I ungrateful for? Um, and another biblical counselor, he just put out a, a, a blog post a couple weeks ago about what it looks like to cultivate gratitude during this time of quarantine. Um, and he had mentioned that there are three things that, um, grumbling, complaining, comparison do, um, to our day-to-day and and one is that grumbling will fixate us on something bad so even the good that's around us we miss Um, grumbling will lead us to believe that the bad thing is the most important thing about life Um, which then makes our emotional state a little bit more wonky and makes it hard to believe the the higher up things of God and what he's doing Um, and grumbling also um leads us to talk about the bad things more frequently. And I know that early on in the pandemic, Trevor had mentioned us being a non-anxious presence. And I'm sure you notice if you have teenagers that, uh, that grumbling moods tend to be contagious. And not so, speaking from experience, are you? <laughs> no, um, probably from when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the fact that if you are the one leading out that grumbling, you're going to start to see it multiply in your home. And so, um, so I've just been practicing as I've been thinking about gratitude, trying to notice specifically those, those points that Brad Hambrick makes, which is how am I fixating on this in a way that I shouldn't? How, how am I believing that this is much bigger than other things in my life or other things God can do? And then I start to look around, and when I notice that my family is starting to act a certain way, I generally know it's probably, it started and originated with me. Um, and so trying to, to be sure that I continue on that cycle of being the non-anxious presence instead of the anxious presence that is always seeing the, the bad. It's difficult sometimes to have, to walk through that mental map of gratitude. And so how do you cling to that gratitude in the middle of kids screaming, uh, notifications never ending at work, all the Zoom meetings? Um, How do you cling to that and mentally just walk me through, you know, the way that you process gratitude and implement gratitude um, in your day to day? Uh, That is a good question. And honestly, I've been thinking about gratitude since I did the video on lamenting. Um, I know that as I taught how to lament, it it probably seemed like I focused more in the 
on the area of grief, um, because I do want, um, the Lord wants you to have a voice in the things that you're longing for, the things that you are grieving the loss over. Um, this world is not as it should be. And, and he, um, the Lord wants us to, to admit those things as he sees them as well. Um, but so much of those laments end in focusing on gratitude. And, and I know that probably lamenting and grieving, um, in a certain way, you know, is comes a bit more naturally to us. Um, and especially because our world is unwinding, we see that more prevalent than we see the way that God is renewing and restoring over time too. Um, so I wanted to focus more on gratitude because, uh, the, the roadmap is in a very similar way as the Psalms, um, which is either a lamenting Psalm where you, you do admit that things are hard. You admit that things are not as they should be, that, um, as a single person, that it is hard to meet other people right now. And those relationships gave you such life and the possibility of, of getting to go on a date and maybe find your spouse was exciting. And, um, for those of you with kids, just, um, the getting to see your kids, uh, practice a skill and achieve it. Like as much as probably Saturday morning sports was getting overwhelming. Um, and there is a a healthy balance. Like you now miss getting to see your kids strive and achieve. And so there are things that we are, are grieving the loss of right now. Um, and then there are the other things like job loss and, and financial instability. And, and then, you know, with COVID sometimes I think, um, because we're sheltering in place, I forget that this is a, a sickness that is taking lives, um, that is, is really painful, um, physically for people. And so that, that are, those are things that we are grieving as well, but gratitude enters in and, and recognizes that those things are all true, but it uses imagination to, to look beyond the present circumstances, to look as, um, second Corinthians, uh, um, 416 through 18 says, so we do not lose heart in the midst of those difficult things. Um, it's, it's being honest though. Our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day and we can't see our inner self. So that takes imagination to picture like what exactly is happening inside of me, uh, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to not, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And I know for so many of us, what we can see seems so permanent and seems so loud. Um, but gratitude does take imagination to think of, I know what God says is true. I know that he is uh, renewing me eternal internally. I know that he is restoring what has been broken. And so you're looking beyond your present circumstances. You see it. But then you choose to look beyond to, to imagine what, what you know God is doing and can do. Um, to know that in Romans 8 that he's working all of this out for our good. And so even imagining like what is this good? Um, I'm spending more time at home. I'm not getting as much work done. But I just had this one conversation with my kid that I would have probably never happened if we hadn't been stuck together for 24 hours so far. Um, or for, for those of you who are, are single and are starting to notice, like, I wonder if I was using, you know, dinner at people's houses every night to, to substitute as a spouse and, and not really engaging with the Lord and his sufficiency. And those things are all good. Like 
your kids being at school so you can work is a good thing. And, and having dinner with families is, is, is God honoring and how he designed our church. But in some ways, this pandemic, I think, is showing us how we used good things um, sometimes in the area of God things and are missing um, the small moments of, God, I don't have a house to go to for dinner tonight, but I can sit here and I can talk with you. Or my kid doesn't have an event to go to, and so I can't get my work done, but I can sit here and have a conversation that engages my kid's heart. Um, And so gratitude admits that these things are difficult, admits that there's something off with them for sure, but then chooses to look beyond at how God can be using these moments in our circumstances to restore, to renew, um, to build us up for something. Uh, I read something earlier, um, so many things that, um, that as you have seen are coming out that I don't necessarily remember all of the places I got them from. Um, but this is ascribed to someone else and not to me. Um, but when you have a builder, like you can ask two builders a question, like, what are you building? And one will say, I'm just cutting stone. And the other will say, I'm building a temple. And so one is, I mean, they're both correct. Like one is legitimately building a stone. Like one is legitimately, I'm having to give up work to spend time with my kid. I'm having to spend time alone instead of with a family. But then one is also thinking beyond to what this is building. Like I'm building in my kid, um, uh, just spiritual wisdom and insight. I'm, I'm building in myself a perseverance and a connectedness to the Lord um, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, this imagination has come up a lot, even in my counseling recently. Um, I know that conflict has definitely increased in the home with, with spouses or roommates. And imagination is definitely needed to look beyond our spouse's or friend's faults um, to what God is doing, um, to know that what we see behaviorally is rooted in, in sometimes our own uh, frustration. Uh, I read something uh, about how uh, there are no annoying people. Uh, we are just annoyed by people. And so the responsibility is on ourselves. Um, and so just realizing that, that even in our own homes with roommates or, or spouses or kids, how to look beyond the present conflict to what God is doing, how he might be using this opportunity to knit us closer or to make us a a less anxious people to weather the conflict in our homes and to weather difficulty. What great encouragement for us today. Be sure to join us for part two of our conversation next Monday. Uh, Tomorrow, Trevor will be starting his reading through first Corinthians. So don't miss out. Thank you for listening.